Readers familiar with my passion for ancient Egypt will recall that about a decade ago I published the results of uh, my archaeological findings to reveal that ancient Egyptians on their way to Central and South America to uh, introduce the concept of pyramid building were blown off course and found themselves in what is now known as Melbourne. They built Australia's only pyramid on the banks of the Yarra, these days known as the Shrine of Remembrance, and they stood on that river, not to be confused with the Nile, and chanted, Yay Ra to the heavens, hence the name Yarra. Now, to my shock, some scholars dispute this, but they cannot dispute the importance and significance of that river. Australia's major cities are, of course, all built on rivers. Sydney Harbour narrows into the Parramatta, Adelaide has the Torrens, Perth the Swan, but the most famous urban river in Australia has to be the Yarra. Uh, Long derided as the river that flows upside down, this uh, brown, murky waterway has been uh, willfully exploited, willfully and woefully exploited by colonisers for the best part of two centuries. Before that, Indigenous people fished and drank from the river, which uh, ran fresh and clear. Harry Sadler is a nature writer based, yes, in Melbourne, and he's penned a new book which urges, urges us to reconsider this ancient river and its wildlife as it slowly recovers from years of abuse. Harry's book is called Clear Flowing Yarra and is published by Affirm Press. Harry, you love your love of rivers it doesn't begin in Melbourne because, of course, you grew up in Canberra. That's right. That's absolutely right. I um, grew up in Canberra and moved to Melbourne nearly 20 years ago. Um, so, as many of you listeners may be familiar, Canberra really is a city of rivers. There are three rivers that intersect there. Um, and, of course, famously, Canberra is also an inland city, so it takes quite a long time to get to the beach. So I grew up swimming and recreating in fresh water. Um, Fresh might be it might need a little bit of a qualifier because I did spend a lot of time swimming in Lake Burley Griffin, <laughs> um, but also the Cotter River, the Belongolo River, the Murrumbidgee River, um, and even today when you go back to Canberra, there are all the main swimming holes in the city are places like Casarina Sands. So yeah, I've always my whole life really had much more of an affinity for fresh water than than seawater. Harry, I spent much of my early childhood in and out of the Yarra River, upstream around uh, Kew, but uh, before you arrived, you would have known the Yarra as the butt of jokes. There's a lot of received wisdom wisdom floating around. I moved to Melbourne, or even before I moved to Melbourne, my only knowledge of the Yarra was as a joke um, and you know, as... Though derided as you know, this filthy dead river, even and even today, um, whenever you talk about you know, enjoying a nice walk along the Yarra, it's not long before some some wag somewhere will say, "Oh, did you see any dead bodies floating by?" or or, or comments like that. So a lot of these negative attitudes towards the towards the Yarra really persist even to this day. 
Now, you're one of the many scholars that dismisses my argument about the name's Egyptian origin. So uh, how did your Yarra get its name? Um, yeah, so the Yarra, the name Yarra um, is thought now to um, be the, the Wurundjeri local Indigenous name for or word for flowing water. So it's believed that what happened was the classic translation mix-up. Um, the early colonists, colonists, the early European colonists in the Melbourne area, um, is believed, asked the Indigenous people, the Wurundjeri people, what's the name of this of this river? And the Wurundjeri people thought they were asking for what's the word for water. So they said Yarra or Yarra, which means flowing water. Um, and so the river was named by the colonists as the Yarra River. Um, it's original name, its Wurundjeri name, is the Birrarung. So the name Yarra can be attributed to uh, surveyor John Wedge, who accompanied the uh, notorious John Batman. Tell me what uh, causes the brown colour. Yeah, so a lot of people look at the colour of the river, that, that brownness, and think, well, brown is dirty, therefore the river is no, really polluted. Um, it's actually... A lot of the of the middle and lower Yarra uh, is the the soil or the banks of the Yarra are very fine clay. So the brown colour is actually down to very fine suspended particles of clay in the water. Um, if you go further up the Yarra Valley, up to around Warburton area, and further north, up further upstream, up to the Upper Yarra Reservoir, the rock type changes up there, and the water is crystal clear. Um, so it's the brown colour is partially natural, but on the other hand, the reason why there's so much suspended sediment in the river is because of land clearing along its banks um, or along the banks of its tributaries, which then means there's no tree roots to hold the riverbanks together. Every time there's a flash flood event or a major flood event, the soil gets washed into the, into the river and into the tributaries, um, which creates the brown colour. Ellie Nell, and I'm talking to Harry Sadler. Harry, uh, let's reflect now on how poorly the river has been treated in the last two centuries. It it became an open sewer, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's not certainly not unique among urban rivers in that regard. Uh, in sort of the lower Yarra, in places like Abbotsford, which are more industrial, um, the the river was really flowing behind the back of buildings. Um, no one wanted to look at it because it was where everything got dumped. Um, you know, tanneries, factories, all that kind of thing. They just dumped all their waste in in the river, which is how the river became so appallingly polluted, which created the um, the negative attitude or the stigma towards the river that persists to this day. I understand that it became a, a major source of infection, of hygiene problems leading to diarrhoea. Yeah, oh, I mean, it was just, it, it, it almost almost beggars belief. Um, there's a quote um, from Kristen Otto's um, this book. She wrote a book about the Yarra River, about the history of the river about a decade or so ago, and she quotes a source, a contemporaneous source, um, which describes it as having the consistency of very weak gelatin. And I hadn't realised that there was also a famous smell 
which led to Melbourne being described as Smelbourne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just everything that you could possibly imagine to harm a river was done to to the Yarra, to Melbourne's river. Um, it's yeah, it's quite quite extraordinary um, to think now, or perhaps not extraordinary because we're still having problems with with things getting dumped in rivers. Um, even now in Melbourne, in Yarra and in the western suburbs, like the Maribyrnong River. So this attitude that our waterways and our rivers um, can be treated as dumping grounds or as sewers unfortunately still persists to some extent today. Harry, did the White City fathers and White City mothers, uh, were they concerned about this? So there was a famous swimming race uh, which was held from the 1920s um, to Princess Bridge in the city. Um, up until the 1960s, and then they, there was a, an attempt to revive it in the 1980s, but it had to be abandoned for 40 years or so from the 1960s and 1980s just because of pollution. Um, so people wanted to some extent, and, and, and there are swimming clubs, you know, historic swimming clubs all up and down the, the river. Um, so people have been sort of wanting to engage with the river in a recreational way, but also have been put off or have just been unable to um, historically because of the pollution in it. Harry, the principal aim of your uh, fine book is to challenge the notion that the river is dead or a lost cause, that it's too damaged to be uh, restored. But you write with great passion about the wildlife you have encountered on the river. Tell me about the Yarra's platypus. <laughs> Yeah, so the reason I wrote the book is uh, because although these historic or these attitudes persisting from the historic treatment of the river are still around, the river is, while still has issues, it's a lot cleaner than it used to be um, and it's a lot more alive than it used to be. Um, and that's nowhere better emphasised than in the case of platypuses. Uh, it often surprises people to learn that there are platypuses in the Yarra River but in fact, there are there are places, and uh, not even in the outer suburbs of Melbourne, but in the middle middle suburbs of Melbourne, where it's absolutely possible and sometimes surprisingly easy to see platypuses, which is quite quite a good indication of how much healthier the river is than it has been historically. Platypuses are a bit of a, a bit of a bellwether. Uh, if you have a river that's healthy enough to support platypuses, it's because it's healthy enough to support the animals that platypuses feed on because um, it's healthy, healthy enough for platypuses to be able to get around under the under the water without getting snared and entangled and drowned. Uh, so the fact that there are platypuses in the Yarra, and not even the upper Yarra, but in the middle Yarra, the, the urban or suburban Yarra, uh, is I think, indicative of the fact that it's in a much better state than it has been. I have to ask you this, uh, Harry, a big part of improving the river's health involves revegetating the uh, the riverbanks. Who's taking responsibility for that? Oh, I mean, all sorts of people, really. Um, <laughs> and it's not just the riverbanks, but the banks of the various tributary creeks, like Merry Creek and Darabin Creek. Um, in the case of Merry Creek, which is one of the main, main tributaries um, for the very, very urban inner city Melbourne into the into the Yarra, into the lower Yarra. Uh it started off as 
the, the local community who wanted to revegetate it and then they started doing it and they got the local councils on board. Um, and that's very much the case along other tributaries and all along the river itself. It's a mixture of very, very grassroots, literally grassroots um, community organisations, local councils, Parks Victoria in some places. It's a real, it's a real patchwork of organisations and individuals. Harry, as I said, it can barely, hardly be confused with the Nile, I understand its total length is about uh, 242 kilometres. I know it ends up in uh, Port Phillip Bay. Where does it rise? It rises up in the Yarra Ranges uh, around Borbor. Um, the upper part of the of the Yarra is actually enclosed in the Upper Yarra Reservoir. Another thing that people often aren't aware of is that 70% of Melbourne's drinking water is Yarra water, is river water, and it comes from that reservoir which was built in the 1950s. Uh, and also other reservoirs that are even older, like Yan Yin Reservoir, which is next to the Plenty River, which is one of the main tributaries of the Yarra. Uh, so, yeah, the water quality up in the upper Yarra is obviously very, very different to what it is down in the in the um in the lower Yarra and that water quality has always and continues to this day to sustain Melbourne and Melburnians. As a nipper, I used to go fishing in the Yarra and uh, all we ever caught was an occasional eel. I guess these days the uh, a principal problem is uh, the European carp. Yeah, and European carp uh often referred to as the rabbits of the water. Um, they've had a similar impact. They proliferate. They tend to well, swim around on the bottom and sort of swirl, swirl up all the mud on the bottom, to make, which makes rivers and waterways more cloudy. Uh, but there are nonetheless um, some native fish still persisting, um, including the eels. The, the eels are extraordinary animals. They undergo not just when, one metamorphosis but a series of metamorphoses. They migrate back and forth between the Yarra and other fresh waterways in southern Australia and the Coral Sea. Um, they spend time floating around out in the open sea as tiny, tiny, tiny little larvae uh, before transforming and, and migrating back and following the currents back to their home river where they were spawned and then spending years living in the era in, in the in their home river, they can, if necessary, even migrate over land to get to <laughs> to a waterway that they need to be in. Um, so eels are absolutely extraordinary animals, and there are other native fish in the in the Yarra as well, and even native. Crayfish um, in various places, notably Dites Falls, which is the main barrier in the lower Yarra. Um, there's been a fish ladder constructed about a decade or a decade and a half ago to help these native migrating fish uh, make their way up past the falls and upstream to spawn. Harry, what about the uh, vexatious issue of uh, environmental flows? Is the Yarra getting its fair share? That probably depends on who you ask. So this gets back in part to what I was saying earlier about the Yarra providing so much drinking water to Melbourne because it's been dammed. That takes away from the river's natural flow and the natural and the and the river is much smaller than than it 
would have originally been because so much of it is is dammed in the reservoir. Uh, it is allocated by Melbourne Water um, a certain amount each year, um, and so they'll release water from the reservoir to sort of flood down the, the river to replenish the river. Um, it probably doesn't get as much water in terms of that management as it could do with it, as it as it needs um it's yeah it's a complicated issue because it's a river that's sustaining a population of of four to five million people but also sustaining an enormous web of of ecosystems and wildlife down its entire length harry you make the yarra sound so seductive i think i'll uh, leave sydney and return to my old hometown. <laughs> and uh, thanks for the book. Uh, Harry Sadler is a writer from Melbourne whose latest book is called, very simply, Clear Flowing Yarra, published by Affirm Press. Thanks, Harry. Well, thank you so much for having me. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.